Hey, welcome to another exciting podcast from Freedom House Church. My name is Troy Maxwell. I'm the senior pastor of our church. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, which means we have different communicators at all of our different locations. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from one of our teaching teams. I know that it will bless you. You will walk away changed. So enjoy this message. How you guys doing? Yeah, well, you guys look amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so excited to be here tonight. For those of you I haven't had an opportunity to meet, my name is Diana Henderson, and my husband and I are the campus pastors for our South End campus. Yeah, any South Enders in here? Okay, maybe a couple. Well, for those of you not familiar with how we do things at Freedom House, we are one house with many rooms. So we're sitting in the central campus room, like the living room, yeah, South End I like to call like the back porch because it's like really lit, you know, well lit in there. And then Lake Norman, we just opened less than a month ago. We have our physical permanent campus. Y'all give it up. So amazing. You know, also at Freedom House, we do something a little bit different. We have what's called a teaching team. Now, what's different about that is you might go to some churches where the speaker uh, beams in you see a video message? Well, here at Freedom House, we believe in live teaching. So our teaching team rotates around each of our different campuses every weekend to bring you a live word of God. Isn't that awesome? You know, that's part of the vision of our senior pastors, Troy and Penny Maxwell. They wanted to make sure that we were all getting fed a live word. And can we just give it up for them? Because they are leaders of leaders. Love you guys so much. Thanks for all that you do. Well, I'm so excited to dive into the message tonight. We are in a series called First Things First. Turn to your neighbor and say, First Things First. Now, this series is all about getting our priorities straight, and it's putting what's most important first. Now, what we hear tonight might be one of the most important things that we ever talk about, our priorities. So, tune in. We always say that note takers go to heaven, so you've got a note sheet. Make sure you take some notes. Now, before we dive into the meat of the message, I want to start off with a metaphor. So our lives, uh, building our lives is like building a house. You build your life, you build a house. Y'all following me so far? Okay. What's the first thing that you do when you're building a house? Even before you pour the footing of the foundation. You got to check the soil. You got to check the soil to make sure the ground is sturdy to hold up the structure that you're going to build. You know, I know this because my husband's a home builder. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known that. (laughs) You know, if the soil is too soft, you have to dig deeper until you reach bedrock. So Jesus told a parable in the Bible about a farmer sowing seed. And he says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. Y'all say good soil. soil. Where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. 
Now, in that parable, they talk about four different types of soil. But the good soil is what produces a multiple of what it starts with. Now, as we're building our lives, just like the house, we have to make sure that we're founded on good soil. We have to make sure that the ground in which we're building upon is sturdy on good principles. So we're going to do some soil checks today. Y'all ready for this? Okay, now before we dive in, I just want to remind us all that we're all in different phases of building, right? Some of us might be early in our walk with God. This message is for you. Some of us may have been walking with God for 10, 20, maybe even 30 plus years. But how many of you know that a house needs an inspection every now and then? We need to make sure that the foundation, our soil, is still based on those principles to uphold what God is calling us to do. So if that's you, this message is for you as well. Now, the founding scripture of today's message is Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So how do we seek first his kingdom? What does that mean? Do I have any singles in here? That means you're not married, not in a committed relationship. All right, keep your hands high. Guys, I'm giving you permission to take note of the ladies' hands in the air. Because how many of you know that the best place to meet your future spouse is at church? Right? That's not what our connection lounge is for. But, you know, I'm just saying. All right, singles, I've got a question for you. When you're seeking out a significant other... Do you put them before other things? Like meaning, would you prioritize time with them over doing your laundry? You might, right? Do you prioritize your spend? Like would you save your money up to take them on a nice date over buying something for yourself? Well, why is that? We prioritize what we prize. We prioritize what we prize. So today we're going to talk about how to put God first and how to keep him first, specifically in three different areas, our time, our talent, and our treasure. So the first soil check is God first in our time. Now time is the one resource that we all have the same amount of. You have 365 days in a year. I have 365 days. There are 24 hours in a day. We all have the same amount. Now, time is a finite resource. It's not like money where you can just create new streams of time. You can't invest time and create more. It's finite. It's a limited resource. Now, everything today is vying for our time our jobs, our family, social media, the DMV, everything is vying for our time. Now, if those things that take up time in our lives come before God, they're considered an idol. Now, hear me out in this. Leviticus chapter 20 verse 7 says, "Consecrate yourselves and be holy." Because I am the Lord your God. Now the word consecrate means to set apart as holy and abstain from idolatrous practices. 
Now, when I hear that, I think of like the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament where they built altars and they would like fashion these gold calves and they would, you know, put food on the altar and they would burn it to worship. That's kind of what I think about when I think of idolatry. But really, modern day idolatry is anything that stands between us and time with God. So are we protecting ourselves from idols? You know, God gives us time, but do we have time for God? You know, I want to commend all of you because where are you right now? You're in church giving God your time. Well done. Pat on the back. You can do it. It's okay. Pat on the back. We do that in our house with our kids because, you know, that, that shows that they're doing something good. But what about our time the rest of the week? Are we finding time for God? You know, in our house, we decided that we were going to put God first with our time. So my husband and I spend time with God every day, but separately. My time is first thing in the morning. And let me tell you, spending time with God is not just about God. It's something we benefit from, too. You know, my time with God is the one place where it's okay for me not to be okay. Let me explain what that means. I'm a leader in many facets of my life, just like you guys, in my home, in my workplace, in my ministry. But when I walk into my time with God, I can absolutely let go. I don't have to have the right things to say. I don't have to have a plan. Clearly, I'm not in charge. I can be unburdened, unencumbered, And just rest knowing that he's got it. You know, sometimes I walk into my time with God and I'm heavy. I feel burdened with other people's problems, my own worries, my own fears. But in my time with God, I can literally unpack that at the foot of my king. I love the scripture in 2 Peter It says that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. I would encourage you to try it. It's amazing when you spend time with him. You know, practically speaking, we also have been teaching our kids how to spend time with God. Any parents in here? Any of y'all kids love to go to bed? Said no parent ever, right? (laughs) My kids hate to go to bed. So we spend time with God then. Because they're stalling. They will do anything to stall to go to bed. So we teach them to read the Bible. We pray with them. It's a really good time to catch their attention. If you guys have kids that are here at Freedom House, you know our FH Kids gives them a scripture every week that they can go home with. You can help them memorize it. You can talk about it. We also support an app here called Parent Q. And it's really cool because it caters the information to the age of your child. We have to prioritize God in our time. Now, maybe you're going, Diana, that's all cool, but I don't have time. I don't have margin. I've got a ton of stuff going on. I work multiple jobs. I have kids. I have no social life. I don't have time. I hear you. Reprioritize. You know, anytime my husband and I walk into a new season, we literally have to reshift everything. We look at everything on our plate And we inventory it. I'm a little OCD, like I have to put like how much time goes where. And then we reshuffle things. 
You know, a couple of years ago when our pastors asked Matt and I to take over as campus pastors for South End, we were like, okay, let's pray about it. God said yes. And then we're like, okay, how's this going to happen? Because it's not like we just had a bunch of extra time sitting around. We have full-time jobs. We've, we're raising three kids. We're busy people just like you guys. So we did a time inventory. Literally, we documented everything that was on our plate. And my husband, of course, was the time culprit. He was spending all this time, like, manicuring our lawn on the weekends. And so I'm like, babe, that's going to have to go. We prayed about it, shifted some things around in our finances, and we said, okay, we're going to outsource our lawn care. Now, how many of you know that Jesus shows up when you make time for him? So let me tell you a little story. Our lawn care company showed up the first day, and my son was about five or six at the time. And if you know Miles, he will talk to a wall if, you, if, it, if it would talk back. So he goes out, and he's introducing himself to all the guys and the crew. Then he comes back in, and he's like, Mom, I met the lawn guys. I'm like, that's awesome, son. And he said, yeah, one of the guys' name is Jesus. What does that mean? And I said, oh, well, that's the Spanish name for Jesus. And he pauses for a minute, and he looks back at me, and he goes, Jesus mows our grass? <laughs> and I had one of those moments, too, where I was like, yes, Jesus mows our grass. Come on, God. We put church first, and God sent Jesus to mow our grass. The more time you spend with God, the more you will resemble him. You know, we have a choice to put God first in our time. We get to choose that. Are we doing that? So how about our talent? The second soil check is God first with our talent. Now, maybe some of you are going, I don't have any talent. Well, that is not true because by definition, talent is a special, often athletic, creative, or artistic aptitude. Big word. Or it's a general intelligence or mental power. Y'all got some of that, maybe more than others. In fact, some of you, I think, lined up in heaven twice. Because as God was dishing out the talents, you got a bunch of them. This is a talented crew at Freedom House, right? And you know, if you're a visitor tonight, that's okay because you're talented just by being in the building. You're talented. We have talents that we use to earn a living. My husband is incredibly talented as a craftsman, and he uses that to build houses. I have a talent of strategy, and I use that in the marketplace and marketing technology. Do you have a talent? Maybe you use that to earn a living as well. Now, what I would challenge us to think about is are we using our talents to serve others, to serve God? Are we using our talents purely for his glory? Now, maybe you're saying, wait a second, Diana. If I use my talent and earn a living, that doesn't mean that it's not glorifying God. That's true. It does bring God glory. However, if we are using our talent purely for personal gain, I would challenge us that it's not working for God. It's not putting him first. You know, we had a guest pastor, um, our pastor's pastor from Victory World Church come a couple months ago, Pastor Dennis, and he was talking about success and significance. 
Now, success being defined as when you achieve something and you benefit from it. Significance is when you work and achieve something for the benefit of someone else. Success is great, but man, I want to be known for significance. I want to be known for benefiting others, not just myself. 1 Peter verse 4 or 1 Peter chapter 10 verse 4 says, "Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory." You know, I find it fascinating that some of us just don't realize that we have talent. You know, sometimes like you do something and you think, well, that's just something that I do and it comes easy to me. Exactly. That's a talent. You have a talent. So imagine if we were to use that to serve God or to serve others. Practically speaking, what if we did that in God's house? What if we were to use our talents here at the church? You know, a couple of years ago, Matt and I started serving at at Freedom House probably seven years ago now. And we were kind of like, I don't know what talents we have, but Matt was like, I want to serve in the parking lot. And he was like rocking the uh, neon yellow vest. And he had the radio and he was like, this is awesome. We got a car coming in. They're smiling bright. We need to find a spot for them. He loved it. And I had a smile so I got to serve in the, on the greeter team in the lobby, welcoming people, making them feel loved and treasured, truly the best. But here's the thing. We thought we were doing something for other people. In that process, God was changing us. And we learned what a blessing it was to be a blessing to other people. Now, hear me out on this. Because you're probably going, all right, thanks, Diana, for the the plug here to try and get us to serve. I don't get anything in return for that. My husband and I are what we call high-capacity volunteers here at Freedom House. We don't get a paycheck. We do this because we love to see God moving every single week. And we want you to have the opportunity to benefit from that, too. Let me, let me put it this way. Have you ever been driving in traffic and like you stop and it's bumper to bumper and all of a sudden your Waze app pops up and it's like, shortcut, take this exit, you'll bypass all the traffic and you'll cut 15 minutes off your trip. Yes. Well, when that happens, I just want to tell everybody behind me, not in front of me, everybody behind me about that. That's how we feel here. It's like we've got this like traffic secret that we want to pass along to everyone else. My husband and I say that we literally and figuratively get a front row seat to all that God is doing every single week. So there's something in it for you as well. Are we serving God with our talent? Now, maybe you're not sure where your gifts could be used. Maybe you're saying, I've got a talent that I don't see a position at the church, how do I serve? Well, you know, we had a woman just recently say, hey, I want to serve, but I'm not really sure how to do so. And then we went to a party together, and she brought the most incredible hostess gift 
It was this gift basket. And I was like, that is a talent. I can't do that. Do you know that now she's serving at Freedom House, making gift baskets for our guest speakers? There's a place for you to put your talent to work for the kingdom. I would strongly encourage you, talk to somebody after service about that. Or if you haven't done our Get On Track membership classes yet, you can learn in the serve class about how to put your gifts to work, whether it's administration, craftsmanship, maybe you're crafty. We've got places to put you to help use your gifts to serve the kingdom. Can you imagine if everyone in this church used their talent to serve God, if everyone in our city use their talent to serve God, I think it would be a different place. All right, our last soil check. Is God first in our treasure? Is God first in our treasure? Now, what treasure am I talking about? Yep, your bank account. Now, don't get all nervous. I'm not going to pull a Jerry Maguire, show me the money. We already took up the offering, so you're good. But I do want to talk about our money. Because I think it's important. Now, our finances, different than time, it's not a limited resource. Theoretically, we can always make more money. Now, money is also a place that God called us to live abundantly. Jesus said in John 10.10, I came so that they would have life and life more abundantly. But God wants to be part of our finances, he wants to be part of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I love the scripture, Matthew 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, if we honor God with our treasure, we're honoring him with our heart. You know, personally, Matt and I decided to serve God with our finances long before we even were serving. Just a little bit about our story. We have been at Freedom House for 13 years, but we sat on the back row for about six of those. And um, we were not serving, but we were tithing because we just that was just a principle that we never questioned. I kind of saw it as protection. Like, I'm going to invest in God so that he keeps me protected. Now, let me tell you, the tithe, it means literally a tenth. So it's a tenth of all of our increase that came into our house would go back to God. Now, let me tell you, in 2008, my husband lost his job. We were tithing at the time. And we had two very modest incomes and went down to one. He was out of work for nine months. Do you know that whole time we did not have to dip into our savings even once? I can't even explain to you how it happened. Our bills were just getting paid on my salary alone. God was protecting us. Now, when God would call us to give above and beyond our tithe, he would bless it. Now, above and beyond a tithe is called an offering. And I just want to correct a misnomer that I think all of us sometimes forget. Being a tither is not being generous. It's being obedient. When we give an offering above and beyond our tithe, that's being generous. Now, you know, our finances are the one thing in the Bible that God literally says, test me, test me. 
He says in Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Everybody say storehouse. storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Test me. Everyone say test me. In this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to store it. You know, the storehouse represents the church. It's right where we're sitting. And God basically says, bring me a tenth. Don't give. Bring me back a tenth, because it was his to begin with, right? Give, or bring, it, bring back a tenth of the 100% that he already gives us. And he says, I will bless your socks off. I love literally thinking about the floodgates of heaven just opening up with so much you can't even contain it. You know, there was a time when God called Matt and I to give uh, what we felt like was a substantial amount at the time. And it's one of those things where... Like, God spoke to me in a mount, and I wrote it down, and God spoke to Matt in a mount, and he wrote it down. We compared notes, and we're like, oh, exact same amount, like, it's God. But the problem was, we had been saving up for a really long time for a down payment on a house, and the amount of money that God was calling us to give would have taken from that down payment. So we had a choice. Do we give to God? Or do we go our path, which was planned and thought out and researched, and we had been praying over it for a long time, and we're like, which way do we go? We gave to God. Now, not long after that, I kid you not, Matt was talking with one of his acquaintances in business, and the guy happened to be doing really well, and he said, hey, Matt, I need to get some cash off the books before the end of the year. How about I buy this property, and then you can just finance it back for me at whatever rate makes sense for you guys? Wow. What? You see, we honored God in what he was calling us to do, and then he provided for somebody to buy a plot of land for us to build a house. How, that doesn't happen in the natural. That only happens with God. We've talked a little bit about, about kingdom builders here at Freedom House. And kingdom builders, it's not a promotion. It's not a campaign. Kingdom builders are people. Because we believe at Freedom House that we have an opportunity to build the kingdom of God and to provide incredible things. Matt and I are kingdom builders. Just like we heard the Canties, when we heard the vision that Freedom House has, the vision that God imparted into our senior pastors, we were like, no question. We want to be part of that. And you know, you have an opportunity too. I told you I'm not going to ask for money, so don't get nervous. And if this is your first time here at Freedom House, I would encourage you just to listen. This is for, for folks that call Freedom House their home. There's a card in the seat back pocket in front of you, and it says Kingdom Builders. I just want to encourage you to do something. Take that card home and pray over it. Ask God, hey, God, would you have me to participate? Would you have me to help build your kingdom? If so, how? We have an incredible opportunity to build hospitals in Ghana, to help invest in churches that are providing homes just like we have here. It's an incredible opportunity to pour into the kingdom of God. You know, our treasure is not just our money, right? 
Our treasure is basically anything that we value that our money purchases. Maybe you see treasure as like kicks. I kind of like shoes. Maybe your treasure is your car. Maybe you collect Legos. Who knows? Whatever your treasure is, treasure is not always money. You know, have you guys ever heard of a push present? Ladies, especially the mamas in here with babies, push present is this new thing over the last couple of years. When you have a baby, you push the baby out and somebody buys you a present for doing that. Like, how amazing. (laughs) A couple of years ago, we were having a baby and Matt saved up and bought me this really nice purse. Come on, Jesus. That was my push present. And I was rocking this purse. You know when you get something new and you're like, yeah, I feel great about myself, rocking my purse? I had that thing for two weeks, and I heard God say to me, Diana, give it away. Now, I was like, what? Like, you want me to buy somebody a nice purse like this? And he was like, give it away. And I argued with God. I'd like to say that I was all holy and righteous, But I argued with God. In fact, one of my excuses was, God, this was a present. Like, that's against the rules. You're not supposed to give your presents away. And God said, fine, talk to Matt. So I went to Matt, and I was like, "Um, hey, you know that really nice purse that you just bought me? I feel like God is calling me to give it away. And Matt was like, well, you better give it away then. There goes that. So I said, all right, God, I'll give it away. On one condition, I don't want the person to know it's from me. So I said, God, you're going to have to help me with this strategy. You're going to have to show me who and how this is all going to work out. Because, you know, we serve a God of strategy, and he will map out every step for you when he's calling you to do something, even give a purse away. I was having lunch with this woman that I, I didn't even really know that well. And as I'm sitting at lunch with her, I hear the Lord say, Diana, give her the purse. So I go home that day and I'm praying over her. And all of a sudden the Lord says, grab a pen, grab paper. And he starts downloading to me this letter, not from me, from him to her. And he's saying how much he treasures her how much he loves her, how much she has not forgotten that she was not an afterthought, but a forethought. I was literally sitting in my room like bawling as I'm writing this letter from our father to the woman. And he worked out all the detail. He showed us exactly how to get this bag to this woman and I didn't have to be named in it. Now, after that, I don't know what happened. I don't know how she received it. But I like to think about this woman getting this package. And more importantly than opening and seeing this beautiful bag, reading this letter from her heavenly daddy, that a purse would show up on her front door to remind her how much he loves her. Isn't he good? But the story gets better. Six months later, I was celebrating a major milestone at work. And they threw a surprise party for me. I walk in and they've got food. And then they slide this box across the table. 
open the box, do you know it was the exact same purse that I gave away? Like, you can't make this stuff up. Our God is so good. Now, you know, after that, I went home, and of course I'm excited, but beyond that, I said, God, why? And he said, Diana, I needed to make sure that the treasure was not more important to you than me. I needed to make sure that the gift was not more important to you than the giver. I needed to make sure that your heart was in the right place. I need to be able to trust you with my treasure. I love the scripture, Luke 16, 11, it says, so if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Will you guys stand to your feet? I just wanna remind us all today that while we've talked about priorities of putting God first in our time, in our talent, and in our treasure, that God's priority is you. God's priority is me. The true riches that he cares about are not the things of this earth. It's not the things that are gonna line our pockets or put food on the table. God cares so much for us that he would do anything, even give his only son to die on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. Can you imagine giving your child away for someone else? We represent true riches to God. The least that we can do is say, God, I'm gonna put you first. I'm going to spend time with you because I know you have things to tell me. I know you have strategies to download to me. God, I'm going to use the gifts that you've put in my hand to serve you and to serve your people. Because God, I know that these gifts were given to me for so much more than just making a buck. God, I know you have plans. Thank you, God, that he gives us treasures to care for others treasures that we can use to line the kingdom of heaven, not just our pockets. Will you guys close your eyes and bow your heads? I just want to take a moment. You know, maybe you're in here and and you're going, you know, that's all great, but I don't know this man, Jesus, that you've talked about. Jesus was the sacrifice that God made for you and for me. Jesus was a blameless Man, the Son of God in the flesh. He came, he walked, and he died a painful death for each one of us so that we could spend eternity with God, blameless. First things first, if you're here and you haven't yet made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, I just want to give you that opportunity. Nobody's looking around, but this is your chance to secure your destiny. If that's you, if you want to say yes to Jesus today, will you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hands. Thank you. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, you know, I made that decision for Jesus before but I feel like I've gotten off track. Jesus is not first in my time. He's not first 
with my talent. He's not first with my treasure. You know what I love about God is all we have to do is say, God, I want to do over. I want to start fresh. And he grants us that. If you're here tonight and that's you and you just want a fresh start to say, God, I'm just saying you're first. If that's you, will you just lift your hand so I can pray over you too? Thank you. Hands up all over the room. Jesus, you are good. You can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand at any point, I just want to say a prayer. And if you'll repeat after me, church, let's just join in because what an opportunity for us all to declare this. Heavenly Father, thank you that you gave your only son, Jesus, for me. Thank you that he died, that he rose again to forgive me of my sins today. I put you first. I call you Lord and Savior of my life. From this point forward, I will serve you all the days of my life.